Last Word is a lifestyle brand focused on all things anti-human trafficking. According to the International Labor Organization, over 260 million children are forced into employment around the world. Making textiles and garments for the demands of fashion trends we see all on social media. This will often come at the price of a child being forced into labor trafficking. Our ambition at Last Word is to reduce the exposure of those who are trafficked around the world, starting with the garment industry. Last Word offers consumers a refreshed look at recycled, repurposed, and reloved fashion trends. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that fashion has a way of circling back around, and not always in the best way. Last Word takes all those unwanted and undesired garments, giving them a little TLC or repurpose to create a divine collection you will feel confident, amazing, and inspired in when wearing. Follow Last Word on Instagram at lastword underscore by SL and visit us online at lastwordbysl.com to get your latest fashion trends everyone will be sure to ask you about. Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. Over 600,000 people are reported missing each and every year. The true number of those missing is actually much higher. Many people disappear and go unreported, the missing reports on thousands are not even received by local law enforcement if the person is over the age of 18. But when a small town in Chillicothe, Ohio starts having alarming numbers of women missing or found dead around the same time and location as each other and who all had ties connected to each other, you have to start to wonder what is really going on in Chillicothe, Ohio and the vanishing conspiracy. Tonight, we give the missing from Chillicothe, Ohio, the last word. Welcome back, Megan. Hi. Hi. I'm here. We're here. Another day. <laughs> Another day. Another one. Damn. Oh. Do what? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't hear you. <laughs> um, did we have a crazy story? No, I'm not currently, no. I mean, besides the fact that the world's crazy. Yeah. You know, we got like Chinese balloons. Yeah. <laughs> We've got inflation. <laughs> We've got politics. <laughs> We've got all the things. Yeah. No, no. It's just all crazy. It is all crazy. And I don't have anything nuts either. So like I said, other than what's yeah. crazy out there. So this is part two of the vanishing women from Chillicothe, Ohio, which I think we're going to start calling the Vanishing Women Conspiracy at this point uh, because it kind of is a conspiracy. So last week we covered 
the first part, which was 10 women who went missing between 2013 and 2015 at Four of them were found dead. Two deaths were ruled homicide, one from an apparent suicide, and one death was listed as undetermined. We obviously introduced a few of the suspects that you would think, boyfriends, husbands, drug dealers, that type of stuff, and some of the Johns that these Mm -hmm. women were going on dates with. And we also talked about how all of these women are running around in the same circle they all have similar lifestyles they all have like weird connections and ties to either all of them or one of them and like they're all loosely connected or they've heard of each other whether or not they've hung out with each other right and then we also know that there's at least four women that were friends you had Mm -hmm. charlotte trigo and tamika lynch who were friends they both disappeared and then the other two were holly logan and jamie bowen i think but if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode i would definitely pause and go back and check that out just to get a more deep dive yeah because you'll be a little confused when we start breaking yeah, yeah absolutely we will give a quick quick recap though we have april 3rd 2013 25 year old megan lancaster would disappear she remains missing 20 um, excuse me july 21st 2013 holly logan 27 she disappears and is still missing april 10th 2014 jamie bowen 22 goes missing she is still missing in May, you have Charlotte Trio and Tamika Lynch who disappear. And I do want to clarify that we reported that it was the, um, I think, that Charlotte Trigo went missing on the 18th. Her friend went missing, I think, on the 16th. I have also seen reports, though, that they both disappeared on the same day at the beginning of May. So there's a lot of conflicting reports, but there is a lot of people that believe that those two may have disappeared together. Okay. We don't know. Either way, they both go missing in May. Charlotte is still missing. Tamika's body would later be found by kayakers 20 miles from Chillicothe laying on a sandbar in Paint Creek. Her death was ruled undetermined. Uh, then we're going to December 24th, 2014. 21-year-old Jade Humble goes missing. She remains missing the very next day, December 25th, Christmas. 20-year-old Shasta Himmelrick, who is newly pregnant, goes missing. Her car is found abandoned on Higby Bridge the next day by an off-duty Pike County deputy. Her body would later be discovered on January 2nd, 2015, in the Scioto River, about a mile and a half, <clears throat> excuse me, downstream from where her car was located. And from my understanding of this area, which is just Google Maps, because I don't really know this area very much, but it seems to be about approximately 45 minutes from where Tamika Lynch's body was found, southeast-ish. But again, don't quote me. And I couldn't get, like, anywhere online. I could not find, like, an exact location of all three bodies. It definitely gave for the two, but not where um, Shasta's body was found. Moving right along, Wanda Lemons, 37, is reported missing in December also, but it's believed that she actually disappeared on November 3rd, 2014. She remains missing. May 11th, 2015, Tiffany Sayer, 26, reported missing. And then on May 29th, they find the body of Timberly Clater, who was never reported missing. She's been shot three times, bringing the total to 10, either the women that are missing or dead, total of 10. 
We left off last week where they had just created the Missing Women of Chillicothe Task Force, which had the Chillicothe Police Department, the Ross County Sheriff's Department, the State Bureau of Criminal Investigation, the State Highway Patrol, and the FBI all working on the case. And then they found the discovery of Tiffany Sayers' body on June 20th, 2015. Couple walking on a rural road in Highland County find her body wrapped in painter's cloth cloth with duct tape and she is in a ditch like culvert on a road a rural road several miles from Chillicothe but she is found uh 1.5 miles from where Tamika Lynch's body was discovered the prior year okay so they're they're wow she was missing only for a month Mm -hmm. well Tamika too Tamika went missing and then they found her body like several weeks after okay it's a lot, I know. It's a fast, yeah. I'm okay. trying to get through, like, just to give a quick recap for us. Yes. I feel like it's been a minute. Um, and then we're going to move on to the rest of this. So after the creation of the missing women of Chillicothe Task Force and then the body of um, Tiffany Sayer, they do an autopsy report. And I found it online, totally could have redacted pages from it, but it did state that she had codeine, amphetamines, Dilaudid, and morphine in her system, along with alcohol above the legal limits. It said there were no gunshot wounds or blood at the scene. We can assume that, you know, we can imply that that could mean many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, When the task force was created in June of 2015, the Chillicothe chief of police, Keith Washburn, was investigating the disappearances and deaths of six women publicly. Megan Lancaster, Holly Logan, Jamie Bowen, and Jade Humble, I could not find were mentioned in any of his original uh, reports and, and press conferences about this. These four women, like the other ones, were in the sex trade, addicted to drugs, missing under certain similar circumstances all within that same clump of time megan lancaster and holly logan both disappeared in 2013 a year before charlotte trigo and jamie bowen went missing just the month before charlotte and then the fourth girl jade humble went missing the day before pregnant chasta hemorrhic i'm just really surprised that megan lancaster was not heavily reported on as part of this investigation because of I don't know I don't know if you mentioned this anywhere because of her sister her sister-in-law Katie no we will get into all of that okay I don't know where you're going with that but let's pause on that because okay. I don't want to jump too far ahead but correct I think um you make a very valid point on why wasn't she Megan Lancaster profiled in a lot of this and I think uh you and our listeners will maybe start to develop your own <laughs> theories on that as we move right along all right all right we'll we'll, we'll circle this case back. Is, yeah I feel like we say that it's like take a drink every time we say circle back because this case <laughs> is just one big circle cluster if you ask me it's just a lot of coincidences for me and you can't discredit them all mm-hmm the fact that four of them are friends, Holly Logan, Jamie Bowen are friends, they go missing. Tamika and Charlotte are friends, they go missing. Of those four, only one has been found. Police had leads and tips coming in 
early on when it was related to Timberley's murder. She was the one that was shot. Those tips took investigators to 37-year-old Jason McCrary, a local drug dealer with a criminal past. He was a registered sex offender and was convicted of unlawful sexual conduct of a minor. Yeah, he's a he's a real loser. On July 24th, 2015, Ross County Grand Jury indicted McCrary and he was formally charged with the murder of Timberly Clater. Charlotte Trigo's mother, Yvonne Boggs, told the Chillicothe Gazette, which quick shout out to them because they were a massive resource for investigating this case. Uh, Yvonne Boggs told them, quote, I'm glad that Jason McCurry has been charged, definitely, but I don't know what his role with the other girls is. The missing girls' mothers have weekly meetings, and we believe that there is a group of people that is going after the girls. We really do. We think it is because of drugs and sex trafficking. Whoa. End quote. I know. Whoa. And you know when you, any of our listeners who are true crime, you know, I don't know if you agree or disagree. I personally think a majority of the time, obviously you're going to have cases where it's not that way, but I tend to lean toward what is the family saying? Yeah. And what is the family believing? Because next to the police, they are ground zero as far as like Mm -hmm. the most knowledge and information on the person that is missing. Especially mothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They will find shit out. Yes, they will. Oh my God, yes, they will. And they will, you know, move the ends of the earth to figure out what happened to their kid if something happened to them or help them if they can. I, mean, I truly believe that. And so if the mom is sitting here saying that they believe, and she says that we, she's not saying I, she's saying we really do. We think it is because of drugs and sex trafficking. Obviously, you're not the only mom mm-hmm. that. That's what they're all talking about. Yeah, they all think that. So who's Jason McCrary? He's, like I said, a loser, drug dealer. He was convicted and sentenced in August of 2016 to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 2046 for the murder of Timberly. He has maintained his innocence throughout the trial and blamed the death on another local drug dealer whose street name was Dollar Bill. Both of these men had connections to either one or all of the women. They both had criminal pasts. They were both known drug dealers in the area. And Dollar Bill or Dalla, Dollar Bill, he was there the night that Timberly was murdered. And McCrary blames Dollar Bill for being the one to shoot and kill Timberly. Hmm. Yeah. And remember how I think we mentioned this last week. This was all related to drugs and Timberly. Yes. Smoking the last of the crack. The smoking the last of the crack. McCrary she was, ne- I know, McCrary was never charged or convicted in the disappearance, in the disappearances or deaths of the other remaining ladies. And this is where it starts to get weird. It- this is the guy that the police chief was like, I want someone. Mm-hmm. I want someone in custody by the end of the day or whatever. Yeah. He said. So that, yes, I believe so. And he is the one that was arrested afterwards. Now, there's so many reports that say so many different things about the same thing. So it's hard to start figuring out, like, wait a minute. 
And I think last week I said that he said it after Timberly Clater's body was found. He wanted someone in jail. But then I also read that it was after Tiffany Sayer's body, which was just, you know, not, I mean, they're all found within, so I don't right. really know which person, but yes, I believe that after that statement was made, McCreary was then arrested and charged. But like I said, it starts getting really, yeah. really yeah. weird. I mean, I don't think that he was, he's innocent by any means, but you know, they, they needed to do a little bit more digging. I think, yeah. And so we are going to jump. We're, we're kind of, I guess we didn't even say we're kind of going through the suspects at this point. McCrary is one that was looked at. He was charged with and sentenced for the murder of Timberly Clater. And so we're going to jump forward in his timeline where on July of 2020, so just I'm sorry, 2022, last year. So July of 2022, McCrary was found dead at Warren Correctional Institute. His body was then obviously taken to a coroner, and the Hamilton County coroner later stated he died of heart disease. Hmm. Okay. I, yes, uh, I have a lot of questions. I'm not sure that I necessarily believe that, but we don't actually have any proof at this point say otherwise it's just interesting so we enter dollar bill dollar dollar bill he is born ernest moore <laughs> and he's a known around town and we kind of know someone like this <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> Oh I was hoping you would like figure out what I was saying there but we know someone that <laughs> hangs around town that everyone knows and anyways <laughs> we won't name names no but dollar bill we need to come up with another name his last name is more so more <laughs> counterfeit <laughs> I don't know he's so weird counterfeit. Oh, I God. mean your name's dollar bill names are just so I came up with more counterfeit. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> well, I, that's funny. He's. I don't know where they come up with these street names. More bills. <laughs> He's just so, so. I don't understand God, so why people sorry. go by just, other names. Like, I, I just go by your name. If you don't like your name. And you know what's funny? The guy that we're talking about, I don't know his real name. I have no idea. We're talking about the person we both know yeah. from back in the day when we worked together. Yeah. Yes. I don't know his name either. Okay. okay. I do not well, know his at least name. I, feel better I only I know the name that he goes by on the street. So if like someone were to ask me like, hey, do you know so-and-so? I'd be like, no. No. <laughs> but I do. And I just don't know that I know him. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Yeah. <laughs> so police put a warrant out for Dollar Bill on unrelated charges of assault on a man he was selling drugs to. According to the victim, he showed up to purchase drugs from counterfeit Ernest. <laughs> what was the guy's name? Oh my gosh, I forget you're so much younger than me. But like, wasn't Ernest a TV show? Like, Ernest Goes to Town or something? The dorky guy? I don't know. All I can think about right now is Bert and Ernie. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's completely unrelated. <laughs> oh my god, I had a Burden Ernie um, <laughs> Nintendo game when like Nintendo first came out, 
and it was like a spelling game. It was like Bert and Ernie, and they would like teach you how to spell and like sound out words. And um, we digress. Okay, so they arrest Ernest Moore, aka Dollar Bill, and they arrest him for the tur- he t- <laughs> torture. My gosh, I cannot. Li- I'm sorry. It's not funny. They arrest him because he tortured this guy that he was selling drugs to, like physically beating him. He branded him with heated silverware from a stove. And then, according to the victim, he was then raped by Ernest Moore with a broomstick. What the fuck? I know. (laughs) So in September of 2015, HuffPost reported that Moore turned himself in after this nationwide uh, warrant for his arrest was issued and they stated at the time the huff posted that the police believed more might have had information might have had information on the other women but they did not say how or why authorities had that suspicion in 2016 according to the canton respiratory more was convicted of kidnapping and felony assault in connection with the torture case and he was sentenced to 10 years in prison he was never charged or convicted in the disappearance or deaths of the other ladies. So far. Correct. Okay. We have an unknown suspect. I mentioned this last week, I believe. Days after Tamika Lynch was reported missing, the police took a report from a woman stating she had been assaulted behind the Liberty Tax Service, which was located in the same area where Tamika was last known to be seen at. The article went on to say that the woman stated the man told her, I'm going to kill you like I did the other girls and they'll never find you. The article said that the man's car and a hatchet found inside were processed for DNA and fingerprints, but nothing was connecting Tamika and Charlotte to the car or the man that we are aware of. The police may have more information behind that, but publicly nothing has been stated that it's connected. The article only stated that the man grew up in Bainbridge, Ohio. And that he pleaded guilty to assaulting the woman. And that he died of a drug overdose in 2017. There. There. I couldn't find the name of this man anywhere. Like it was just. This article about an unknown suspect. And that he died. But they never released his name. Interesting. Yes. Um, So. There's that. Hmm. Black Owl Photography, located in the heart of Old Town Louisville, is a five-star rated photography business with over 15 years of experience. Kelly Blackall, the owner of Black Owl Photography, has a way of making anyone feel confident and comfortable in those sometimes awkward shots. She can get a wonderful photo of anyone, even those Chandler Bing clients. Kelly can capture shots that look effortless and natural while locking in beauty around. Black All Photography will handle your class portraits, engagement photos, or even that perfect political campaign headshot. Kelly has done it all and loves to get creative with her clients. If you have been on the fence about getting those updated headshots or need family photos for the holidays, reach out to Kelly and book your session today at Black All Photography on Instagram. That's B-L-A-C-K-A-L-L Photography or you can visit at blackallphotography.com. Schedule your perfect shots today, and I promise you won't be disappointed. So far, we have Jason McCurry and Dalla Bill. 
Okay. And unknown suspects. suspects. Yeah. So three. You have Jason, Dollar Bill, and this unknown. Okay. Now we're entering in Jeremy Lynch. Jeremy was the husband of Tamika Lynch. Her. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at this guy because I. Oh. I. I laughed too soon. Sorry. It's okay. I know what you're going to laugh at, but he is the husband of Tamika Lynch. Her investigation completely challenging from the start because the police. Didn't take her her disappearance seriously from the start like they did pretty much with the majority of these women that went missing in the beginning. And it wasn't until her body was found that local police started to take an interest in her case. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's crazy here is the police had conflicting rumors and reports passed along by her husband and other witnesses. We do have to consider, though, a large number of these people are all addicted to drugs. Right. So they could all just be talking in circles and believe their own truths. Correct. They they may full full well believe XYZ happened, but they were hallucinating or mm-hmm. it, whatever. Yeah, completely. Tamika's husband reports her missing on the 20th, says that he last saw her on the 16th, and he gave numerous, <laughs> numerous stories on what happened. So I think that makes him a pretty suspicious person he stated she had been talking to an unknown guy in a black truck the night of the 16th she had been at an unknown east water street home on may 17th around 1 a.m she had gone with an unknown woman to meet an unknown man in a black truck at the christopher inn a woman picked her up at an east fourth street home and dropped her off behind donato's pizza And saw her leave with an older white male in a gold Toyota Camry with a missing gas cap. So detailed. And then on May 27th, 2014, the investigators talked to the woman who said Jeremy and Tamika had been at her home on the evening of May 16th. She reported Tamika had walked from her home to meet someone at McDonald's. And, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna lie then you got to stick to the same story is all I'm saying. And you can't continue to get more detailed because that's not helping you. Right. Well, that's the problem. When you lie, you don't remember what you say. Just tell the truth and you don't have to worry about a story because the like truth never changes. Like you literally could have left it at, didn't see her until May 16th. I waited a couple days for her to come back, reported her missing on May 20th. That's it. Right. But also, too, when you sit back and look at all of these, like, these all could legitimately be somewhat true, right? Like, if he reports her missing, he may have seen her talking to someone on the night of the 16th and then maybe saw her at 1 a.m. on the 17th, which would have been the night of the 16th, -hmm. you know, at Mm -hmm. 1 a.m. It's now the 17th. So those could be literally like the same. There's two accounts here from an East 4th Street home as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if he was at this other person's house because this girl, this other woman, states that they were there mm-hmm. at the East Water... Wait, no. The 4th Street home. Yeah, East 4th Street home. Mm-hmm. And then you have this other woman who picked her up from an East, East 4th Street home. So mm-hmm. they could all be the same and the dates just may be wrong. I mean, I don't... Either way, it's a lot of, yeah, yeah. 
Now we have Shasta Hemmelrig's case. Couldn't really find a lot about the off-duty cop that found her car. I could not find that guy's name. I don't even know if it was a guy. It could be a, huh. a woman, but I don't know what they identify as or what their pronouns are, so I don't want to, like, put it out there as such and it be wrong. I don't want to offend anyone. But I don't know anything about this dude. I just find that interesting that an off-duty Pike County deputy found her car the day after. Just, just wondering, who is he? What does he do? Is he still in law enforcement? You know? Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything out about him. But I want to know. I wanted to note him because I do think may not be a big, big suspect on my list, but it's someone worth noting. If you followed this case at all, everyone's going to know that we're going to talk about Neil Falls. He's this serial killer. He lands on police's, well, he's a suspected serial killer, I should say. He lands on police radar after he is shot dead by a lady named Heather in July of 2015. Neil Falls meets Heather on Backpage.com. The pair arrange a meetup, and this is taking place in Charleston, West Virginia. Neil Falls arrives at Heather's house. She opens the door. He attacks her at gunpoint. She manages to grab a rake and starts beating (laughs) Falls. Yes. I know. Then he put. so she's beating him with this rake. He then puts down the gun to grab the rake. And this badass bitch is like, okay, well, I'm just going to pick that gun up and bam, bam, that dude's down. Like he's, she was not playing. She was not playing. And yeah, 2A baby. After his death, the Charleston police find a kill kit in his car, gloves, bleach, zip ties, an axe, knives, guns, duct tape, shovels, trash bags, a bulletproof vest, clean socks, and underwear. I, I will never understand. I don't understand why that needs to be a thing. Underwear. I just don't get it. Like, what are you doing? Stripping down all of your clothes and you're dismantling this body with your socks and underwear on and that's the only thing you need to have a change of? Like, I just don't understand. And now I'm just picturing a serial killer or <laughs> someone that wants to murder somebody in their socks and underwear. Like, with a hatchet and zip ties. That would be more scary. Like, it's like terrifying. I don't even know. I didn't. I looked at a photo of this dude and he's not like the most attractive. I didn't see a picture of like his belly or anything. But now I'm like picturing some overweight white man, like gut with hanging With a wife out. beater and a beer belly just coming at you with a hatchet. Oh my. Don't worry. I got clean socks and underwear and my kill kit in the car. It's just, you know, you could just put a pair of pants in there. There's so many things. There is. I just have a really big issue with that. <laughs> well. That's we, the only, that's not the only thing, but I have a huge issue with that. Question, yeah, you have questions around it. Please find notes in Neil Far, Far, Falls. <laughs> we are like giggles today. Police would find a list of other women that Neil Falls had met on Backpage.com. Mm. They did not find a drop cloth or a painter's cloth or a blanket, anything that would have DNA linking him to the other women. Time, time, Falls. Like, <laughs> Falls spent a lot of time traveling between 2000 and 2015. He had a history of sex tourism in the Philippines and minor brushes with the law. This all happened in West Virginia. 
But it's not unlikely that he could have traveled around and he was a known transient. Okay. So we can't rule him out, but he's also dead. So I don't think police necessarily think that he is involved with all of them, but because he murdered or because he had tried to attack a sex worker, he's obviously on the radar. Wanda Lemons, there was reports early on that she had a male friend that she had stated she was scared of. Um, then she also had a friend that said that he saw her the day she disappeared and that she went back to Texas with an African-American male truck driver named Darius or Demarcus Thomas. And she had been living in Texas before and she was in a bad relationship and then moved back to Ohio, but she is known to the Galveston area. So is that a red herring? Did she really go with someone? Mm -hmm. We don't know. Sean Great. He is from Ashland County and he is being called the serial killer. He was charged with the deaths of five women, but has claimed to have killed women in Ohio from 2006 to 2016, all around the same time as the other women's disappearances. He is sitting on death row. Couldn't find out much on him and the MOs of his murders, like, to me, just didn't seem to fit with the other women. Okay. Um, it seems like he was more of, like, revenge-killing people. Hmm. Like, one was a door salesman, like a magazine salesman, or saleswoman, I guess I should say. It was a woman, but they, I don't – couldn't find much on his victims as far as, like, were they known to work in the sex industry were they drug addicts? I think that his MO just doesn't fit for me. But I wanted to mention him. Okay. Because he is a killer, obviously, and in the area. Danny Huff. He is a local Chillicothe resident whose claim to fame is being on a reality TV show called Adults Adopting Adults. <laughs> which was put oh out God. by the A&E Network. A&E, step up your game. What in the actual hell? God, they just try to make anything reality TV. So the show follows Huff. I don't think we necessarily need to explain it, but we will. The show follows Huff and his wife as they try to adopt a pregnant 20-year-old Austrian girl. <laughs> I don't even know how you say her name, so I'm not even going to butcher it and try. He met her online in an adult adoption social media group. Reports state he previously tried to adopt an 18-year-old girl, but it didn't work out because Huff had started to develop feelings for this teenager, so his wife called off the deal. I have never heard of this <laughs> show. And like, what in the actual? What? I know. Fans started to accuse Huff in early 2022 of having ulterior motives for adopting the pregnant 20-year-old oh, really? immigrant. Right. <laughs> The network decides to drop the show and immediately legit removes everything off of all online. No YouTube, like every channel, every um, episode, excuse me, was removed. Everything about the show was removed off of their website and mm. you can't find anything. Could not find a criminal past on him, but this dude is straight up jacked up like a soup sandwich. So he's on my radar because that's creepy. And he's from Chillicothe. Okay. He yep. literally lives in Chillicothe. So that's weird. Mm -hmm. I'm just throwing him out there. Um, 
I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. And I don't know either. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Charlotte Trigo went on that date before she went missing. Yes, yes. That is Andrew Morrison. Okay. And that guy was a trained nuclear welder for the United States Navy. He had a criminal past. In 1990, he was convicted of kidnapping two women at gunpoint and raping one of them. Mm. He served 13 years in prison. He moved to the Chillicothe area around 2015. Um, so right around the mm-hmm. time that bodies are being discovered. Correct. Um, but I think he was in and around the area leading up to that anyways i think he actually moved to chillicothe in 2015 but i still think he was in close proximity to the area leading up to that okay so you can't not rule him out just because he moved there in 2015 like he was still known to the area i think lived in an adjacent county we know he went on the date with charlotte trigo before she vanished she told friends he was weird and then in october of 2016 he admitted his guilt in court to raping three women and trying to rape an additional fourth over a seven-week period in the summer of 2015. Hmm. Morris offered the women rides. He drove them to remote parts of Franklin County and demanded sex and raping them. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And I do want to mention in that 1990 case, one of the victims was five months pregnant when she jumped out of his moving car. She had, he had kidnapped her. She was pregnant. She jumps out of the car. The baby and her survive. They go to trial, and then the lady ends up committing suicide after the trial. Wow. Super oh my sad. God. Michael O's. Shady, shady suspect one for me. Shasta's, this is Shasta's boyfriend and the presumed father, Shasta Himmelreich's boyfriend and the presumed father of her unborn, unborn child. He was looked at by investigators. Police state stated that O's cell phone pings matched his alibi, which was also backed up by his friend, who he was with that night, and the ladies they had met up with. So Shasta meets O's shortly after her father passes. She falls back into drugs. She had been clean. Dad dies. She falls back into drugs, meets O's. They get into a relationship. They get engaged. She gets pregnant. She announces this on social around the 16th of December, Christmas Day. She's with her grandma spending quality time. When Shasta gets that text, she tells her grandma she'll be back later. She's got to go meet someone. It's believed she left her grandmother and then at some point ended up with O's at his friend's house. Later in the night, Shasta leaves to pick up the girlfriend of O's friend, After Shasta leaves the boys, they then head out to see the other girlfriend of O's friend. (laughs) So you have three of them together. Shasta leaves to go pick up girlfriend A. The dudes then leave to go see girlfriend B. Shasta finds this out. She gets pissed. They get into arguments over texts and phone calls. Police have Shasta's phone records that show she was texting friends and her boyfriend up to 2.30 a.m., on the day that she disappeared, we have that CCTV footage time stamped around 3.15 a.m. And police say from the stories that they have been told in the text messages, they feel she got upset and killed herself. And the reason for that is because one of the texts that she sent to O's states, I'm sorry, I love you. Come on. 
That's just because if you know they've been yeah. arguing, like that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't imply to me that she would be ready to end it all. It sounds like she's like, look, I don't want to argue. I'm sorry. And I love you. Like, I don't. And you could yeah, take that that's... a million different ways. You aren't hearing the tone of her voice. You don't know the context in which this was used. Like, mm-hmm. well, they actually might have the context because they have the previous text. But you still don't know what her thought is in her right. mind. Like, I just think that's a big jump. Remember her car was found and the doors were open? Yes. Okay, they also found blood at the scene and they found her shoes on a bridge. Right, they found blood in a razor, on a razor blade? Was that her car and blood on the on the headrest? It was either her car or, yeah, I think it was hers. Mm-hmm. There was one other person, though, that they had a car... Megan Lancaster had a car, but they didn't find any blood in hers. So I do think you're right. I think it was Shasta's car they found. Yes. And then they, yeah, you're right. They found the blood at the scene. Michael, we do need, I do want to mention while you're looking that up. um, This Michael O's dude was in a prior relationship (laughs) with a lady named Michelle Frankel. And some reports I read and some Facebook posts that people put on the pages for some of these missing women states that there was actually an overlap in him dating Shasta and Michelle. Of course there was. I have no idea if that's true or not. But what we do know is Michelle Frankel died unexpectedly on April of 2014. In her obituary online, there are children that she left behind, and they name them. I will not name them, but I do want to state that they all had the same last name as O's. I would then believe that that was right. their father. That, yeah. I couldn't find anything to back that up, but O's is not a Jones or a... You know, I feel like if they're going to be in this small town with the same last name, they've got to be related somehow. What is up with this small town? It's, I think, a hotbed of a bunch of different issues. Jesus. It's nuts. We're getting closer to some of the more, um, what is the word I'm looking for? We're we're getting to the part where we're going to start breaking down some suspects and questionable shit that has gone on since all of this that I think will start framing up a understanding if you will so O's has this girlfriend she dies in April there are reports that state he passed a polygraph test in Shasta's disappearance but polygraphs are not obviously the best so August 29th 2019 O's pleads guilty to two counts of gross sexual imposition of a minor, a third-degree felony, and that is after he accepts a plea deal. O's received a sentence of two years in prison on each count to be served concurrently with credit for time served. He will be required to register as a sex offender for only 25 years. That's bullshit. Agreed. He is 34 at the time this happens. 
And he was originally charged with two counts of gross sexual imposition and a first degree felony count of rape after being accused of engaging in sexual acts with a five-year-old. No, no, no. And you get two years? No. And only 25 years to register as a sex offender? And you get people that are caught with like a couple ounces of some ganja that comes from the earth and they're in jail for life? Makes no sense to me. God, that's just... And I feel like a mass majority of the population understands and agrees that that is not... There's something drastically wrong here if you are getting life in prison for some marijuana and you're not murdering people or big-time drug cartel or anything, but yet you can rape a five-year-old and, oh, it's two years. That's it. Like... So we're going to circle back to Megan Lancaster. She was the first girl to go missing in 2013. And we mentioned that her sister-in-law, Katie Lancaster, found a book in Megan's abandoned car with a list that was color-coded that no one, from my understanding, has been able to determine what that means. There were, I think, four different colors. Don't quote me on that. But I did listen to a podcast that Megan sister-in-law Katie was on and she stated in that podcast which was from last year I believe that they still didn't know what the colors meant um and that there was actually like the little book and then there was a paper that had a list of names on it that she had actually told her mother before she went missing if something if I ever go missing like release this paper whoa she wouldn't say who was on that list in full, but they have stated that Michael Mirren, who was a former city council member for Portsmouth, Ohio, and a practicing attorney at the time, he was on her list. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA, started to investigate Mirren and a host of other men on drug trafficking and prostitution charges. By August of 2015, the DEA filed an 80-page affidavit That was then sealed by the Southern District of Ohio. Hmm. Wonder why. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Completely. It is a conspiracy at this point. There's just so much chaos. So there was a multi-year investigation done by the Inquirer and was released in 2019. They obtained a copy of this affidavit through an unknown source and it, the affidavit reported that Mirren was a key figure in the DEA's investigation into a drug and sex trafficking ring that was operating out of the Midwest. The affidavit shows that Mirren was connected to um, an unknown victim who was also found dead. And he was linked to at least 27 other women who he forced to work as prostitutes for him. He also knew Megan Lancaster, according to this affidavit. Hmm. Who's still missing. The charges against Michael Mirren are to have occurred between 2003 and 2018. The DEA concluded their investigation around October of 2016, and they charged eight men. I'm not going to go into all of them, but it's like Mike Ebanks, Donald Smith, Jonathan Nunez, uh, Gregory Worksman, Timothy Mutter, Richard Glenn, Kent Whiteside, Trent Banks, all of these men were sentenced and their ranges, their sentencing ranges from 18 to 150 months. You can go and, well, each one was different. Like Michael, Mark Ebanks got 150 months in prison, but then you have 
Kent Whiteside, who only got 18 months. So, like, they all vary. Um, And you can go and look up what each of them are charged with. For the sake of time, we can't do that. The Inquirer's investigation led to over 65 interviews with most of those individuals wishing to remain anonymous. Six of them were confirmed to have used Mirren as their representation for their own legal battles. He promised lenient sentences from judges he was connected with and parole officers he knew would ignore probation requirements as long as the women were willing to have sex for money and he would arrange meetups for them. God, Lord. I know. He arranged meetups for these women in Portsmouth, Cincinnati, Columbus, and several out-of-state trips to New York, New Jersey, Louisiana, and Florida, just to name a few. So he's just taking them all over. I mean, and the list of the people in this affidavit for these buyers from the interview of these women have stated that these men were anywhere from former police officers to current police officers, law lawyers, medical professionals, high school football, um, high school football star. I'm not sure what that means. A businessman and a probation officer. Those are just a few. A majority of these men that these women were talking about, though, were all professionally sound they had good jobs they were productive members of like you know putting on the face of that one victim said that she was trafficked for close to three years by mirin he yeah this is this is where it starts getting nuts so one victim said for close to three years that mirin trafficked her to his friends and pimped her out three other women stated they were approached by mirin and others to perform sexual favors for a retired county commons court judge, William Marshall, in exchange for a lighter sentence in their criminal cases, Marshall was suspended from practicing law after interfering in his daughter's speeding ticket case. And then his family tried to do some damage control and control the narrative by saying he was a severe alcoholic and had gone to work as a judge drunk which then left an investigation to be opened into over 3,000 criminal cases that this man was overseeing as a judge. So, you know, this is um, starting to sound really familiar to me. Um, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Jeff Epstein. Yeah. This is starting to sound real Because you have all these key players. You have judges, you have lawyers, you have police officers, you have council members, and they're all doing the dirty, Mm -hmm. and they're all protecting each other. Because guess what? If Judge Marshall goes down for it, you don't think he's going to start throwing names out there and like saying who else is involved? This sounds very, very familiar now. Yeah, Marshall, I'm sorry, on October, not Marshall, Mirren, on October 23rd, 2020, so just a few years ago, Marshall, not Marshall, Mirren, Michael Mirren, I can't get my name straight, Michael Mirren was the lawyer and former city council member whose name was found in the little black book that Megan Lancaster had Mm -hmm. on October 23rd, 2020. He was indicted and arrested on 18 felony charges, including nine counts of promoting prostitution, five counts of compelling prostitution, three counts of human trafficking, and one count of engaging in a pattern of corrupt activity. 
Hmm. At the time, Mirren was listed as the lead attorney and or involved in approximately 35 open cases in Scioto County. Many of them, they said, were divorces, but he is also listed as representing several criminal defendants. At that point, he had been an attorney for almost 50 years. He was then released on October 28, 2020, on a $300,000 bond. State prosecutor Jennifer Rush with the attorney general's office provided a statement stating that Mirren represented that he had very limited means to post bond and we will make sure that the bond was posted for the right reasons and not to maintain silence. Megan Lancaster's sister-in-law, Katie, said that day, quote, it was a happy day, but yet we're kind of disappointed in the amount of bond that was set because we do know he has that. Mm -hmm. The Lancasters believe Mirren was involved in Megan's disappearance. Michael Mirren told the Inquirer, the accusations about him are due to jealousy and are totally false. He quoted the Inquirer. He is quoted in the Inquirer of saying the affidavit was the product of a couple gals that the FBI tried to set up, set me up. This affidavit that you have says that they've been investigating me since the 70s. Now you think in 50 years they would have maybe come up with something, end quote. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to like power through the last few because I know we've got like to talk about our theories and stuff. But Katie Lancaster, Megan and Megan Lancaster's sister-in-law mm -hmm. and probably one of the most vocal advocates in the disappearance and leading the fight for justice with these women and their parents and all the, all the connections. She gave a statement in October of 2020 after Mirren's arrest to the Cincinnati newspaper. And it said, I pray every day that not only Michael Mirren, but the rest of the people that are trafficking our vulnerable women and children get what's coming to them. And I promise I will not stop. We will not stop. Our family will not give up. And I know the girls that have come forward are relentless and they will not stop. Wow. In May of 2021, Mirren was awaiting trial when there was an age progress photo of Megan that was released to the public. Katie states then, I'm glad the picture is finally out. It's something we've worked for for two and a half years. She went on to say, I'm very excited that Mr. Yoist is taking an interest in Megan's case. He is the new attorney, Ohio Attorney General. The sad part is, though, on October 4th, 2021, Katie Lancaster was found dead in her home. So crazy. The Scioto County Coroner's Office at the time of this recording has not released the cause of her death. Mm -mm. And it was stated her body was taken to the Montgomery County morgue for autopsy. She was just 33 years old. And she was she had been a huge advocate for human trafficking everywhere. After Megan Lancaster disappeared. Yes, she started leading the fight. And I listened to in a podcast that she was on shortly before she was um, found dead, uh, where she states that basically her in-laws and her um, her husband, Megan's brother, couldn't they just when all this was happening, Megan went missing like they lost it. And they mm -hmm. she was like someone needed to step up. And while I'm family and I've actually been friends with Megan and known her and that's how they like they actually were friends. And that's how she met her now husband basically stated that someone needed to step up and take the reins. So that's why she became vocal. But yeah, so that's the case. Those are all the suspects. That's just this is insane. 
There's actually, and the thing is, Megan, we would be here forever if I sat and talked about all the additional missing <laughs> yeah. women. I know we were going to, but I, as this case was going, I'm like, we can't. We will be here forever. There are so many, and there's so many people that go missing or that are connected to this that now are dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know you said you had a theory. I do. I have I have a theory. Um, I think that it is a... Oh, gosh, how do I... I think that it's a human trafficking ring. It's okay. the only way that I can describe it currently. I think that Dollar Bill and um, Crary are the ringleader pimps. So they build connections with the girls, um, provide them drugs, prostitute them out, all of that, all of that, to wealthier men or any men that want to purchase someone for their own enjoyment and they can do whatever they wish with them. That's my theory. And that could involve political figures, that can involve police officers, that can involve ex-boyfriends, serial killers, anybody who wants a woman can go to this town and get a woman. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? I think this is a lot. Keep hitting my mic. <laughs> it's okay. I think this is, I mean, without a doubt, all of these victims are being sex trafficked. There's 100%. no question of that. Like, I know in some yeah. cases we sit here and we're like, well, are they? Do we know? And in some cases we absolutely know. In this case, every single one of these women is the victim of oh, sex yeah. trafficking. End of story. That is fact. Where I start having the questions pop up is are they all connected like was Timberly Clater murdered because of the whole crack thing and then it just you know but she's connected to the rest of them like that you know is right. it a one-off killing or were these people killed like for instance Megan Lancaster goes missing first did some of these other women know what happened to Megan, i.e. they were there the night something happened. They've heard it through the grapevine from someone that they they, they spoke did to the it. wrong person. And then those women are now missing because they're they know they know what happened. So now we have to get rid of them. OK, so then is that what happened with with Clater, say like maybe Timberly Clater knew what happened. So then Dollar Bill and McCrary murder her. But then it's like, OK, well, McCrary knows too much. So now we have to murder him. Mm -hmm. And I get that that's crazy and wild. But the, that stuff happens all it's like the a time. It's a huge domino effect. Yeah. These they're being they're puppets that are being preyed upon. Yeah. And my thing is, is these drug dealers are getting these drugs from somewhere. somewhere. Someone is bringing them in. Now, does that mean that local law enforcement is a part of that and are aware of it and they let it go because they're getting kickbacks from it and or are involved in explicit activities with these women because there are women coming out saying that, that that's the case and I'm choosing to believe them, mm -hmm. choosing to believe the families in this case. And so I do think it's sex trafficking, but I think there's a level of mass corruption. I think that these sworn yeah. officers and elected officials are exploiting these women. I think they probably are part of a bigger, a bigger pedo ring, if you will, for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, they're not necessarily pedos because these women are 
not all of them, some of them are, but these women are of age. But regardless, they're trafficking these women, but they're also taking them. Mirren was taking them outside of his own little yes. area of, of Ohio. So he obviously knows people in other states and birds of a feather yeah. flock together. So I think these sickos all are protecting each other. Oh, 100%, I would agree. I mean, and I don't know if I think every single one of those cases is like that, but I think it's a majority of them. I think you can. I think that Megan Lancaster, the two or the four that are friends, I think there's a connection with that. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, you know, with the death of Katie Lancaster now, too, obviously she was on to something. And I firmly believe that she was probably onto something. I think she was onto something. I think she knew something. And I think she was probably going to drop a bombshell. And now yeah. she's. I agree. And she's I bet gone. it had to do with the little black book that Megan Lancaster kept. Yep. And now, now I'm over here like, where's the book? Yeah. Who has the book? Exactly. Did you please tell me there's a copy that you made and it's sitting in yeah. a safe deposit box or, you know, whatever? Mm. There, I mean, I've read so much about this. Like I said, we would be here for days if we talked about every little thing. I read that there was a mother in this case, and now I'm drawing a blank on which one it was, that, oh, it was an, a, a girl we didn't even cover. And I didn't add her because I didn't know if it fit, but in one article she was mentioned, and I cannot think of her name right now, but the mother states that she had a video a, uh, audio recording on her daughter's phone that she found after she went missing that stated from somebody that they killed Timberly Clater or one of these women. And then the police are like, we don't have that. Like everything's oh sitting God. in odd, everything's sitting in evidence and we don't. Um, of course there would be evidence going missing left and right. Especially if these corrupt officials and police and all these and women are continuing to go missing as well correct there like i said we would be here forever if i sat here and talked about every single one that had gone missing after where we left off with the missing and i wish that we had that time but we just unfortunately don't and it's sad and maybe it could be our first patreon episode well maybe yeah we could you can take out take that up you spoke it. You take it. <laughs> I do think that there are some red herrings thrown in this, like wrenches along the way. So I do think Michael Mirren knows more, and I think his death is questionable. I think McCurry's death is questionable. Katie Lancaster dying is now questionable to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's insane, and it's a small town, so you know the rumor mill is, like, going on. Oh, yeah. But you know that the truth has to be within their somewhere and then you also have all these people that are like investigating this case right Remember right we talked about like the dea and the fbi yeah, and all a that whole group of people on it how do you know none of them are corrupt exactly and maybe that's why we haven't gotten anywhere Gosh. or and more women have been going missing right and remember how we talked about how, like, these agencies don't always talk to each other? Well, like, how do we know that maybe the FBI isn't investigating a serial killer and they come across something in one of the bodies that was found within the Chillicothe women that they're now like, this could be, mm -hmm. but these other women aren't connected to that. But, you know, because something was maybe done at the crime scene or left at the crime scene that they're withholding, 
would lead the FBI to think it could be a like who knows and right. are and they telling they talk about that but then also what if it's all connected to Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> I mean they're all connected in a way I mean I I think that these people all I don't know I mean I that's a valued question to me because a valuable question to me because you have and I understand this isn't like downtown LA. This isn't, you know, it's Chillicothe. Which is but crazy still, to me too. A small town has this many women go missing and people aren't in outrage about it. Law enforcement isn't pushing to find an answer. Yeah. Well, probably because they're corrupt. That's just what I don't know. Like you, it's a small town in Ohio. Like that's just insane to me. Mm-hmm. And now think if a small town has that much level of women going missing and you can say that there's corruption imagine what's going on in our own city or in dallas or fort worth actually heard some interesting thing about the fort worth police and they're like missing persons unit Mm. so either way all these women were mothers Mm -hmm. some of them were grandmothers they're human beings they have friends and family that love them care about them and all of these people deserve answers the people of Chillicothe deserve answers. I deserve answers because I have been sitting here researching this case for so long that I'm like, what in the actual hell? I mean, countless hours. I mean, yeah. You guys, Ohio definitely deserves answers, especially when some of these yes. old people involved are your elected officials. Yes. That's I not agree. okay. I agree. So I'm definitely invested in this and waiting to see if something else There'll definitely up. be updates for this along the seasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this kind of became popular, and then there was the ID thing, and then there was actually another um, investigative docuseries done called Gone. And I have not watched it, but I did read a little blog on it that they do mention some of the women that weren't originally mentioned, like Megan and Holly. I don't know, though, because I haven't watched the show i don't know if they mentioned all of them but i did read that they do mention megan lancaster for sure so either way this case is bonkers it's bloody freaking crazy (laughs) i just i'm on a mission to not say the f word as much and i really like bloody like british people so yeah it's because i want to use the f-bomb for this case Mm -hmm. it just it just shows you that corruption is there. This is fact. The this this lawyer was involved in this and was being charged and getting ready for trial when he died. So who does he know that was involved? Right, exactly. This is insane. Yeah, we could go on for days. So that's that's the case of the vanishing women from Chillicothe, their conspiracy around it. Megan, do you wanna take it away? Yeah. For our weekly spotlights. <laughs> Let's hope I don't mess them up. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. First, we have Dreeronda McCoy, who was 15 years old when she was last seen on May 10th, 2014 from Cleveland, Ohio. Dreeronda is described as a black female with brown hair and brown eyes. She was approximately 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighed around 200 pounds when she went missing. Deronda has a scar on her arm, and anyone with information is asked to call the East Cleveland Police Department at 216-451-1234. Next, we have Jeremiah Williams, who is 15 years old when he was last seen on May 13, 2017, from Akron, Ohio. 
Jeremiah is described as a black male with black hair and brown eyes. He was approximately 5 feet 11 inches tall and weighed around 175 pounds when he went missing. He was last seen wearing a dark shirt and pajama pants. He has a tattoo of family first on his chest and another tattoo on his left upper arm of a cross with a scarf draped over it. Anyone with information is asked to call Akron Police Department at 330-375-2552. Last, we have Colin Baker, who was 17 years old when he was last seen on January 22, 2016 from Columbus, Ohio. Colin is described as a white male with black hair and brown eyes. He was approximately 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighed around 180 pounds when he went missing. Anyone with information is asked to call the Columbus Police Department at 614-645-4545. Thank you, Megan, for that. Mm-hmm. And until next week, true crime friends, we will remain loud, bold, and out there with all we do. When you find folks, stay vigilant, be aware, and remember, the world needs love, not hate. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Bye.